Yeah, I think it was 400 and then 50 air squats, four rounds. And I, I think my goal was to like try to get it under 10 minutes. And I was like, I, and I remember I was doing, and this was like, I was running around that skating rink, like, like I swear I was, I was moaning and groaning because I was in so much pain. Are we recording? Oh yeah! It's like <laughs> a year from now. <laughs> Macho. Oh man, that's Vincey. I like that my kids know that I'm healthy and strong and fit, and that their mom is healthy and strong and fit. Like, okay, I can still get better without having to do a max effort every single day. Smashing yourself on the roller for uh, an hour, right? you're good by the next day as long as you had a, a sandwich in the net. In today's podcast, we are going to discuss um, a topic called Constantly Varied, which is, uh, it'll end up being part one of a three-part podcast series we are going to do, um, just obviously regarding CrossFit's, uh, one of its main tenets, Constantly Varied Functional Movements, High Intensity. So for the first part of Constantly Varied, we're just going to discuss how, how we would take that concept and how we do or would apply it uh, in certain scenarios and how we do apply it with our, um, with our individual clients and then what limitations we see that this concept has in working to achieve maximal fitness for each individual. So I guess it's important for us to say, um, just because this is the first podcast we'll do about specifically about CrossFit, that uh, all of us here, myself, uh, Tom, Jason, and Scott, we've all been doing CrossFit or involved with it for a long time. For me, it's basically been 13 years involved in either training specifically for or including CrossFit style methodology into my training. And Tom, what are you at? Six years. Six, Jason. Like 14. Yeah. Yeah, seven years, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, and just that the only reason we say this is so people understand that we're not just making this stuff up and we've been around these ideas for a very long time and we love it so uh, the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna try to give a good uh, try to give a good definition of what CrossFit says constantly varied is and what it means to their programming um, and again, we're not trying to take them out of context and we're not trying to belittle any part of the definition. We're trying to make, uh, trying to give a good representation of what they suggest constantly varied is and how it functions inside their methodology. So CrossFit defines fitness as your work capacity over broad time and modal domain. Um, the purpose of CrossFit is to increase your work capacity over broad time and modal domain. And how you train for that is constantly varied functional movement performed at a high intensity. So today we're just going to discuss constantly varied. <clears throat> um, I've listened to a bunch of lectures over the years, and we've all done level one, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We've all done the level one. Jason, did you do like? Were you part of that seminar thing for a bit? I I, I did part of the, what was it called? Internship, yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, so um, after revisiting some of the lectures and some of the material, um, some of the main points are uh, to get out with regards to what constantly varied is. 
Um, it's not random. They make a really important point of saying it's not random. So they're not suggesting that you just put, like the example given is that you don't just put all the modalities um, and different, different variations of the modalities inside of a hopper, spin the wheel and pick them out. And that's your workout. That's not how it's done. That's not what they're recommending. Um, so the point of it, the point of the, the point of it being buried uh, is that they're going to vary what the load. They'll vary the time. They'll vary the repetitions. Uh, they'll vary the movement. And they would even recommend varying the time of day you're doing the workout. They'll vary like vary the environment you're doing it in, etc. Okay, but it's not meant to be random. Um, it's not meant to just be chaotic. So there is some form, there's a re some recommended form of a plan and organization to it to try to create uh, what they would call like a broad, general, and inclusive adaptation with, uh, I guess, the explicit idea of preventing any deficiencies uh, in the individual or uh, in the athlete's capabilities. And I guess designing training like this will allow you to have more exposures to different scenarios which potentially can allow you to find new areas of opportunity, I guess we could say. Does that sound somewhat fair? Yep. As to what constantly varied, how it functions in their realm? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so again, we'll just go through what varies. So the things that would vary uh, would be the duration of the effort. So for just a simple example, you have uh, a, a workout for the day could be a five kilometer run which for most people will be, you know, around the 20, 25 minute mark. A workout of the day next day could be a one rep max deadlift or something like that. So it's just a few seconds of really heavy lifting. Um, and then obviously another thing that varies is loading. So you could do the same movement and then change the loads within the movement. So one day you might do really heavy squats with low reps. Um, and then another day you might do a lot of squats with just your body weight and that can be combined in any format. The rest times vary. Some events or some workouts themselves don't have rest times. Like for example, a workout like Fran, 21, 15, nine thrust or pull up. It's, it's not, there's, it's a four time workout. There's no specific rest times, but in other events or other types of sessions, it could just be interval workouts. Um, so, and they suggest you, they recommend you play with the rest times. And the movements themselves vary drastically. Um, and then variations within the movements themselves. So you do thrusters with a bar, with a dumbbell, with kettlebells, etc. There's lots of variations. Um, and the idea is to mix and match these modalities in as many forms as you can. Um, yeah, and then I think I already said this, but the repetition ranges will change a lot per movements, which is kind of what we're getting at with the loading too. But they would also recommend doing like high reps with high weight and just would be a different format. So. Uh, and not just doing high rep or high weight for low reps. Like again, there's lots of variation that they allow in this. But again, the, one of the main points is that it's not meant to be random. They would want you to plan it out. The first thing that comes to mind here with regards to one of the main limitations to constantly varied is, um, is just basic progression and progression of a single movement. Um, and even though within CrossFit's idea, they want you uh, which we'll touch on in the functional movement podcast. They want you to focus on mechanics, consistency, and then intensity. But um, as it's it, it's hard to fit that into a in, in, into a program like CrossFit, um, 
in, in for a number of instances because certain movements that you would have a limitation in, and let's say it's a squat, let's say your squat is not strong enough for where you want it to be, um, there's certain progressions you're going to want to start doing and they're generally just linear progressions. Um, so I guess you could add that as like an adjunct to the CrossFit methodology, but it's not technically, you, you, I guess you, you can't derive this from, from reading CrossFit and reading that this is an appropriate way to train. To say, okay, we're going to do back squats three times a week for the next six to 12 weeks. And the progression in loading is going to change very subtly week to week. And then it might change drastically in, in the fifth or sixth week. And then we'll restart. Um, but just a simple example of um, progressions of specific movements is not something that's that's explicitly discussed in how you would write programming for that. What do you think? Or a specific movement. Yeah, like to, as, the, as that being a limitation to the constantly varied idea. Well, I think the contention would be that if you're improving at wall balls, that your front squat would get better, right? Or vice versa. Yeah, potentially. Right? Potentially. And then that that's much more applicable for beginners to the sport or someone first getting into CrossFit, mm -hmm. right? If we're talking about someone who is doing this sport competitively, then you can't... I don't want to say randomly. I don't... You can't do front squat every once a month and hope that it gets better and expect that it gets better. If, if it needs to get better, if right? If it needs to get better, yeah. that's a priority. For beginners, like the idea of being exposed to as many scenarios and, and properly executed repetitions and movements as possible is beneficial, right? Because they have sure. a very low education on movement and assuming they're, they're, they're doing things properly, that exposure is hopefully going to be advantageous to them, right? But after a while, as you develop as an athlete, um, that type of exposure to movement in limited quantities um, is no longer valuable. So like learning how to do a wall ball, going from not ever knowing how to do it to getting decent at it is important. Um, but then going from decent to elite on it doesn't mean you just do wall balls, right? And the same thing with snatching and clean and jerk. And you learn the basics of snatch, clean and jerk, but if you have specific issues and specific problems, they should be addressed in a very systematic manner. And if that movement in and of itself is very important, it will then dictate other movements you're not going to do in the training program. Uh, like for instance, if squatting is a really big priority of something you need to get better at, the likelihood that you're going to be running long distances and doing lots of intensive running work is probably low uh, because they just they don't fit together. It's not they, those are not good things to pair is really intensive running volume and then trying to get really good at squatting. Now, of course, there's people out there that can get better doing anything, but um, that, that's what I mean by you're, you're gonna have to start excluding things and then it's no longer constantly varied because we're, we're gonna want to try to get the most important um, variable uh, and that being in this individual, hypothetical individual's case is squatting. We're trying to move that in the direction we want it to move to bring them up to, let's say they wanna be a sanctional potential athlete we know we have some ideas like this is where they need to be able to this is where they need to be for front squat back squat to be competitive and we're not even close to that yet um, so we're knowingly going to omit other things based on this goal oh you're intentionally trying to remove variables exactly so that's where we get into the issue of progression of a specific movement because then if the movement is that important it will then completely change how we do things 
and a lot of the other areas of the training will be will be very unvaried actually be very controlled um, the other part is in the, um, in terms of uh, the prioritization of an individual's training plan so uh, Scott what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of prioritization to me it's always scheduling I yeah, always think I mean, of and then time and how much time we have. Yeah, for sure. Like in, in just thinking of our like this kind of the system we have in place when someone comes on board, there's a there's a certain assessment protocol that we go yeah. through to to identify what the priorities need to be in their training, right? So there'll be a very thorough assess a very thorough assessment that they have to go through in order for us to identify that. And then of course there's lifestyle factors that come into effect, into into play there. Um for example, how, how how much time they have to train every day, how many days per week they have to train, how much stress they're under, either due to family life, private, personal life, if they don't have a family, work life, and all that has to come in together and come into play when you're when you're prioritizing their training yeah. for sure, which isn't the case if you're doing uh, CrossFit, I would say, right? So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, like an example being. If you have someone who trains three times a week and that's all they can, and their goal is to, like, let's just say it's some some individual who can do a couple strict pull-up, but their goal is to get to a point where they can do a ring muscle-up and be able to do, like, a strict handstand push-up and that type of stuff. Um, like, if you if you understand how to train individuals and what the limitation is there, they need to get stronger and they also need to learn how to do the movement. Um, but for coaches and people that design training programs, you, you should know what that entails. Uh, and that doesn't entail just doing those movements, and it doesn't entail working on those characteristics in a, in a, in a constantly varied fashion. It just it doesn't. That's not the most adequate way to serve the client. Um, if yeah, it's not varied when they need to do upper body pulling three times a week. Mm-hmm, exactly. Then it's not yeah. varied. It's prioritized. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it, they can... They can kind of earn the variance as they become elite, right? Uh, but they, they they haven't earned that yet. They're, they're just not at that point where they can do that. It's a very simple linear progression at that point, yeah. which you alluded to earlier, right? Yeah, it's what you'd start with, right? Start yeah. with the simple progressions and see how it works, and then go from there. It's it's definitely not, hey, we're going to do some form of pulling. We're going to do rope climbs on Monday, and then your second workout of the week, we're going to find a way to put in some other pulling. So maybe like we're going to put in, like like I don't know, kipping pull-ups and then on friday we're going to do some variation with toes to bar and ring rows so if that person only has three times to train per week what happens if we give them a 5k run and they come in and they're already really good at 5k run yeah like that's yeah so it's not a waste but they don't they don't get that training session back i'd say even if i'd say even if we just said that the constantly varied program was still written around this individual just training three times a week, right? So it's not that it's not like they're going to be showing up Monday, Wednesday, Friday, in the span of a program that runs Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. it's still not it's still not going to work. Mm-hmm. Like, so, and I can't say it's not going to work because it can definitely work, right, to a point. But the question is, is it the most time effective option? No, it's not. And it, years and years of coaching has proven this to me. And it sh- it should be pretty obvious to other people as well if they've worked with lots of individuals that p- the ability to prioritize certain aspects of the individual's training based on assessments and based on how the person progresses is 
is one of the most foundational aspects of, of program design is planning and and, uh, and based around prioritization and again constantly varied it's not that you can't ever prioritize because like obviously if you have a squatting limitation you can you will maybe try to make that show up a bit more often in your training but that's still not adequate it, it, it me to me that's still not the most obvious or the most optimal way of addressing the issue mm-hmm. and then the last one um, is planning of a single training session which is another is another important concept so we go back to the individual that can only train three times a week uh, the like again if, if you're a coach or if you're someone who writes training for individuals you should already have something in your head you're thinking of of how you're gonna write that training session each day Monday to Monday Wednesday Friday and the session is going to flow something like, uh, assuming they're an intermediate to advanced type individual, it's going to flow something like sh- like strength or uh, power-based work, that being like weightlifting or squatting or deadlifting first, uh, the most high, the most highly uh, neurologically demanding, uh, the most challenging movements first, and then it's going to progress into things that are a little less challenging uh, technically. So then it, it could go from like snatching to squatting or to deadlifting or to lunging heavy or whatever. And there might be some other upper body intensive work. And then you might do some other like specific gymnastic work uh, to practice the movements. And then there might be some form of metabolic conditioning in some appropriate format. And that might be all the, ta- all the time they have. Um, but the, the session should flow in that manner to get the most out of each aspect for the average person because it's both it's both it's the most time effective and it's also the safest way to do that and it's the best way to make use of 60 minutes of time or 90 minutes of time um and i i wouldn't vary that a lot i wouldn't vary that format of what i just said like strength and power first most highly technical first then less technical still heavy next then like basically more like unloaded type things with gymnastics and whatnot but are still skillful and important and then you might work on something which is the least loading, lowest neurologically demanding, um, which would be conditioning-based work generally. Well, let's blow that up to someone who's training instead of six hours a week, 18 hours a week. It would, yeah. That would still apply, right? It can't necessarily be constantly varied because you could potentially end up overloading them in a specific movement that... In one session. In one session, or yeah. even within the week, yeah. if it is constantly varied. You have to limit certain things because shoulders are can be fragile in some people, or they mm-hmm. have a, an absolute limit of how much pressing they can do, yeah. how much pulling they can yeah. do, and you have to know that individually for the yeah. athlete. I think the three-day-a-week example is a good one to start with, and that's another good one you just mentioned, of someone who trains a lot. And this always just goes back to the philosophy so constantly varied could mean that in one day, like someone, again, someone who does, uh, someone who sees the CrossFit games and they're like, wow, I have to be able to do 300 pull-ups in 20 minutes, right? If they want to be competitive, that's really what it is. Like they got to be able to do in that 270 to 300 pull-up range in 20 minutes combined with other stuff, which is what Mary was on that Friday night. And then do pegboard ascents the next day. But again, the idea is that be, like you need, you need to be able to do that, uh, during the CrossFit Games. You don't need to be able to do that in November, right? So constantly varied could allow you to get to a point where you just have that workout come up. And again, for people that are, are the elite of the elite, that doesn't matter. They can do it and they're fine. But for the average person, um, 
that's not at that level that's just not like getting going for like to get the 300 pull-ups in 20 minutes you would want to progress them into that because again if you're their coach and that's <laughs> that's the most important part if you're their coach it's your job to ensure that they get what they want in a safe and effective manner it's not your job to smash them like that's not hard to do it, like it's so easy to give someone a lot of reps it's hard to, to, to get someone to be really good in a safe and effective manner. It's hard to do that. Um, and it's, a lot of times, it's just not that sexy. And that's really one of the... We could probably make that the fourth point of the counter-argument is that... Uh, like, the counter-argument is that, like, what's really good is generally not really that sexy. And it's not that varied. And it's probably what the bulk, the large majority of people listening to this would want to be doing is to have a lot of structure to their training... Uh, and to try to like, and it, doesn't, and it doesn't mean that con- we don't ever use constantly varied, right? Because we definitely do. Um, I would say well, that's that, not constantly. We we use variants. Yeah, sorry. It's actually that's right. It's never constantly varied. If anything, like we we would say it's controlled variants, right? And the main main areas that would show up for myself um, is in terms of like maybe some weightlifting things, um, but mainly in terms of conditioning based work. Like if it's, but it's still not even con- it's not it's not that varied because it's still within constraints. Right? It still has like frames that it has to fit within. Like for example, the intervals that we'll write and the time frames that it'll fit in. Um, but the movements that fall in there and how it falls out, how it looks week to week, like let's just say a 10 minute set, a 10 minute uh, piece of work. It could be double unders and walking unders and burpees uh, on, I don't know, let's just pick a day, Thursday. <laughs> and then the next Thursday, it could be rowing, burpees and air squats as that part so it's like it's the point of it is to be the 10 minutes but what fits in there can have a lot of variance mm-hmm. to it right but uh like we said like for myself i don't allow that to bleed into the entire layout for most cases for most of the time what else would you add to a counter to that because right now we just have the progression of the movement is one uh is one counter and i'm sure some people could probably argue from crossfit standpoint as to where we're wrong with that and that's totally fine uh, and the prioritization of the training plan and the planning, the adequate planning of a single training session. So what I look at, and I look at this often, the variables that we want to play with on the CrossFit side, the duration, the loading, what movements, modalities, repetitions can and should be progressed. Meaning that if you are working with the idea that you want to be able to do more work in less time, you can shorten the duration of your rest intentionally over a few weeks to make sure that you're actually demanding more work in less time instead of it be sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. The loading is obviously something that we progress. It's not just varied where we're going from lighter weights at higher reps, intentionally progressing it towards higher weights at lower reps to induce a stimulus. It's not varied it's progressed so all of the variables can be and should be progressed so again to go over it again the counter the counter argument to the constantly varied uh, model that we would have uh sorry the difference between our how we would use constantly varied versus how crossfit would uh, is the progression of movement prioritize prioritization of a training plan and the planning of an individual training session to make it the most effective use of your time so uh, the last part of the podcast is just how, basically how we agree with CrossFit in their use of constantly varied. 
uh, and it's something we already mentioned, is that it can definitely work and it does work for beginners. Because I would say most of the clients we have here, most of them did not start with us, right? Most of them started a CrossFit gym or they started somewhere else and they learned all the movements. uh, And at some point within it, they, they just changed from classes or whatever they were doing and they wanted coaching, right? And some of them maybe never did classes or whatever, but a large majority of our clients started at classes. Uh, or just started doing some blog and just following what pretty much is constantly varied. Uh, and they that works. It works for a lot of people. So we, you can't say it doesn't work. It, can, it definitely work well for beginners um, because, again, there's lots of options you have. Assuming you have a good instruction or you're really good at learning yourself, you'll get to do a lot of different movements and a lot of different scenarios, and it'll be very beneficial for you just learning what this sport is about which is very good for each individual how long they're in that environment changes right um based on their ability and when they reach that ceiling that's provided that's provided by the style of coaching they're getting at that specific gym or at the point where they're like i just have bigger goals and i that i want to achieve that i can't achieve here and i need individual coaching to allow me to get there like i think i want to pursue a sanctional event and i'm not going to be able to do that training in a crossfit gym doing main class programming yep uh so another th- another really important aspect that constantly very adds to someone's training which we agree with is that it generally makes it very fun and enjoyable and uh again this is this is really i think this is one of the main areas of why people love crossfit is that it's so varied uh, and that's one of the things that makes people really love it is that is the variance and i think that like just on a bigger bigger stage that's largely why uh like the crossfit games for example when you look at it it has there's so much intrigue about it each year because you have no idea what's coming that's a large part of it is the unknown aspect and just the variance of it um because just a simple example if you told everyone the 2020 crossfit games is going to be the exact same as 2019 like what 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 percentage reduction in interest is there going to be I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know what it's going to actually going to be, but it's going to be a lot. That's an important aspect is the variance of it and how it fits into the sport. So yes, it does make training sessions and training in general much more enjoyable when you know you have the option to create a lot of variation in it and you have a lot of degrees of freedom to work with. Um, and then which falls into the next part we want to discuss is that it provides a lot of, it provides sustainability um, for people because it doesn't see, it doesn't get boring. It doesn't seem mundane. Because there are a lot of avenues for you to pursue, and there's a lot of ways to, you know, skin the cat, so to speak. Everyone says that anyway. Like, there's a lot of ways to skin the cat to make an individual good. There's a lot of routes to get there, and the, but it's the same frame with regards to CrossFit. There's a lot of variations on how you can actually do it effectively, which is provides for a lot of sustainability for people that love working out, maybe don't want to just compete, but they just like the fact that it changes all the time. And it, it creates, it, it, it just keeps them motivated and it keeps them, um, I guess, engaged in it, which is ultimately what you want. That variance too, it, it provides a, when you first start, a wide variety of adaptation, right? So if someone is brand new to it and it's, it's like everything gets better all the time. Yeah. Right. So you're not just doing strength training. Right? Yeah. Well, I'm sure you remember when you first started, like I remember when I first started, like even a kettlebell swing was new. Yeah, I thought that was. I'm like, man, this is. These are cool. I'm like, a kettle, and looking back now, you're like, kettlebell swing is cool. But you got to think to someone who's new, a kettlebell swing is cool. 
You're like, man, this is cool. Oh, and I'm throwing a ball against the wall? This shit's legit. And now I'm going to do a burpee and jump onto a box. Yeah. But like, all these movements are just, like, so weird. I remember my it's first workout great. was kettlebell swings and rebounding box jumps. And it was a short little burner. And I was like, this is awesome. And that's what <laughs> got me hooked, you know? like those, And you just think of how, like, just how simple those movements are, yeah. right? I remember one time at, when I was in St. Effects doing it, uh, and I was like, they had a track outside the hockey rink, right? <laughs> Running around the hockey rink. And if anyone knows how big a hockey rink is, it's not big. So the track was only 200 meters-ish. And the turns were so sharp. <laughs> but I remember doing, I saw this workout come up on CrossFit.com. And I, I, it must have been 2006. And it was, I think it was four rounds for time of 400 meter run and 50 air squats. Or maybe it was five rounds for time of 400 meter run and 50 air squats. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I think it was 400 and then 50 air squats, four rounds. And I, I think my goal was to like try to get it under 10 minutes. And I was like, I, and I remember I was doing, and this was like, I was running around that skating rink, like, like, I swear I was, I was moaning and groaning because I was in so much pain. And, Never heard and you know what's going before. on in the skating rink? It's an open skate. So you get all the, you have all these like parents and kids out in the rink, just skating around and having a great time. And there's this cycle running around the rink, that being me. And then stopping in the corner and then squatting for 50 reps and running around like a bro- like someone with broken legs. <laughs> but like I was doing that going like my legs are destroyed. And I was going, I've never done this before. This is so weird to me. Like the concept of my legs are are dying and I'm also I'm, I'm completely out of breath. It was just so, so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And like, which is, it's novel, right? It's a very novel thing. I got it under 10 minutes eventually. <laughs> How many times did you do it? <laughs> but now, now, if you look back in that, that was like, those were, I called them squats, but they were cheating squats. Yeah, yeah. But no, they were, they were deep enough. They just didn't, I just didn't stand up. So I was doing like 50 reps in 50 seconds. <laughs> I could, like, I was just doing that. Remember like the Tabata squats? Yeah, I mean, oh, just, yeah. People used to get like, I used to get like Tabata squat scores of like 20, 21. There was zero chance <laughs> I, could, I could do that with legit reps. Like maybe 16 if I'm pushing it. Yeah. And if you see some people posting like 28, 30, I'm like, those are not legit reps. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's not, it's, there's a, there's a, it allows for a lot of novelty uh, as a beginner. And then even as, uh, as an advanced person, right? You can, the goal is to try to expand the movement you're doing and to try to create new areas of progression in them. So it does create novelty, which again, just creates engagement, creates motivation. And hopefully increases like the longevity of the person's interest in doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the progress was this is addicting too, because yeah. like I was stronger, and I could run faster, and I could jump higher, yeah. and I could go longer. It was just addicting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think uh, in the last part being like, for example, someone going to the CrossFit Games, uh, you better be able to, uh, you better be able to handle that, right? Like. Um, like you better be able to handle like a week of training that is constantly varied in true CrossFit fashion that is going to put different movements together in fashions that you might not aren't not used to doing mm-hmm. um, so it's not that you're going to try to you're trying to, you're going to try to guess the scenarios they're going to present at the games but it's just that you need to be okay with doing those types of sessions where it legitimately is something you're not used to doing um, and because it does fall under CrossFit's um, methodology of it being constantly varied thank you guys for tuning in 
If you like us, don't forget to leave us a review wherever you listen and tell some friends. This is how new people can find out about us. Make sure you follow the Instagram for updates on upcoming episodes at Spiral Out Podcast. We don't have any formal plans for topics that we're going to cover on this show, but if there's any topics that you guys want to hear more about or something that we haven't covered yet, make sure you send those questions to spiraloutpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us a message on Instagram. I can't promise that we will cover every topic, but we will definitely read all of the messages. And last but not least, for anyone looking for coaching, make sure you head over to OptimumPerformanceCalgary.com. I will include that link in the show notes. If you live here in Calgary, we offer personal training as well as individual design. For those that live far, we also have remote coaching available. If you're interested in attending a fitness camp or possibly hosting one at your facility, you can also find information about those there. We do not plan to cover any of the topics that are covered in the fitness camp to make sure that those stay unique. Thank you for listening. Until next time.